I just got a few minutes to introduce a text to you today, and I want to introduce Luke chapter 1 to you. Because Luke chapter 1 is the beginning of the Christmas story, and we're going to read through Luke chapter 1. We're going to preach for four weeks on Luke 1, and if we don't get it, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll start over in January and do it again, Luke 1. But we're going to spend the entire four weeks in this chapter, and it leads us into the Christmas story and the birth of Christ in Luke 2 on Christmas. And it's our four-week Advent series. This Advent series is called Adventum. Adventum is the Latin word that means the arriving because this is at Advent, if, you're not, if you didn't grow up in the church, Advent is the arriving of Jesus. It's the story of Jesus' coming. And it's the time the church has set aside this month, one-twelfth of our year, the church has set aside this month to remember that Christ is coming. Now, there's a past and a present and a future component to this, right, this, to this arriving. We read the Christmas story and we realize that he arrived, that God invaded our world with his son, Jesus, to be the savior of the world. God came in the flesh to be our savior. He arrived. That's the past component. And we celebrate that that happened. Thanks be to God. And then there's a present. As we go through Advent, you'll see that Presently, we experience him coming for us, arriving for us, showing up for us, being in our midst. The advent of Christ is not just a past thing. It is a present for you today moment, as you've shared many pieces of God's arriving for you this year, showing up. And then there's a a future as well. It's not just that he came once in history, and it's not just that he's coming now by our relationship with him. It's also that one day he'll come and he'll bring the kingdom fully. The end of all things as we know it. And he'll arrive and establish his kingdom and we'll be with him forever. He's coming again. He's arrived, he is arriving, and he will arrive. That's what Adventum means. That's what Advent means. And you'll see this verse of uh, uh, Titus 2 throughout the uh, four weeks as well, that it's, Uh, where it quotes that he's the the glorious appearing, this glorious arriving of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're going to celebrate Advent for the next few weeks. And just in a few minutes today, I want to introduce the text to you. And I don't know how much we're going to get through to be able to get... through into Zechariah's story, but my, my, the little title of my little sermonette is Time to Get Quiet. It's time to get quiet because if you know anything about the Zechariah story, if you've read the Christmas story, Zechariah was the dad of John the Baptist. And Zechariah, at some point in this story, was struck mute by God for nine months. God said to him, it is time for you to shut up. Is that an encouraging way to start your Christmas season? I want to read the story a little bit. This, this idea of taking a time out, of being removed from the situation is where we're going to go in this story, that God was beginning to show up and was beginning to do something that was beyond Zechariah's conception of it even. It was in his heart, but it was beyond his conception. And so God said, why don't you take some time apart, take a time out. For those of you that have raised kids or been kids, you take a time out and do some thinking about what it is that I'm up to here. I want you to get on my same page, and so you're going to need some reflection. So it's just like a timeout. We were big fans of timeout. We raised four kids. We were always like, you need a timeout. You come over, you're going to remove you from the situation, remove you from the damage that you're currently doing, remove you from the way that you are not understanding what is true right now, and we're going to put you over here to reflect on it. That's what Advent is for us. It's a little bit of a timeout. It's a time to get quiet. My favorite timeout story in our family was when was one time that we had this uh, we had a wood block set of trains, like wooden trains. And it was on this table that had roads and things like that on it. And uh, 
and uh, apparently I walked in and Tommy was in his room. He was like three and a half and there was marker all over the table, just written all over. I'm like, our children do not write on the furniture with their markers. I'm like, you need a time out to go think about what you've done. I pulled him out, put him in the room. He's crying about it. I'm like, that's ah, dad, ah, time out. You go think about what it is that you've done. So I'm over there uh, later on at the computer. He's in his time out in his room, getting some time to consider what has just happened. And I'm working on the computer and all of a sudden there's this little body right here. And I'm like, what is going on over here? And Tommy, I could hear Tommy crying in the other room, but here is Anna, his sister who's a year older than him and she was just tears down her face down next to me and I'm like honey what baby sweet princess my favorite what you know and uh she's like I rode on the train table sobbing I'm like what first of all you're perfect you second, second of all Tommy's in there so I go into Tommy's timeout and I open the door and I'm like son Anna Wrote on the, you didn't write on the train table. Why didn't you say, and he's just like this. It just seemed like something I would have done. <laughs> that is some good reflection, friends. That is some good thinking. I want you to open your Bibles and look at Zachariah's story. We're going to barely have time to read through the story, and I'm just going to point out two things as we do. It's in Luke 1. I don't have it on the screen, so I want you to be able to open your Bible and see it. Starting in verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to a priestly, the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. See the longing of their circumstance now. Verse 8, once when Zechariah's division, this priestly division was on duty, and they, they, they served this duty once every six months. They'd go for a week, twice a year. They would come, 24 divisions of priests, and they would come to serve this duty of doing all of the priestly functions. Once when he was on duty serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. See, there was one person out of that group of people, out of those priests, out of those 24 div divisions, there was one person who could win this lottery, and he got to go in and keep the incense burning right outside the Holy of Holies. So it was in the holy place, right outside the Holy of Holies. You're like, Jeff, I don't know any of those words. I know. Get Wikipedia. It's awesome. There's so much awesome stuff in this story. And he was picked. In fact, it was so rare that you could do this that if you did get picked, then that was it. You once in a lifetime opportunity to go get that close to the very presence of God in the temple. He got picked. God was up to something. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. They were anticipating the work of the priest inside. They were worshiping God. Verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. There was this appearing. There was this manifestation there, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, this is verse 13, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. God was up to something, friends. 
Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. This is John the Baptist. He will be a joy and a delight to you and, will, and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. You're like, why wouldn't he have wine or fermented drink? I know, Wikipedia. There's so much in this text. He'll bring many back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Who's that? Wikipedia. To turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people for the Lord. John the Baptist was gonna come through these people who were not able to have a child. God was up to something in Zechariah and Elizabeth's life. God was gonna come and he was gonna bring John the Baptist who was gonna prepare people for the savior. It was huge. Here's point one. God has chosen in this text to make an appearing. God's chosen. He's picked it. It is not random. Friends, God is a showing up kind of God. And that is good news for us. He has chosen to make an appearance. This is a God who is arriving. He's always an arriving God. He arrived in our world. He's arriving for us now. He's always up to something. He will always be revealing himself to us. Did you hear that? This is a God who will always be revealing himself to us because he's up to stuff in our world and he's up to something in our lives. And the illustration of it in this text, of course, is that, he was, that God picked Zechariah to get in there in the temple. You're gonna be in this priestly cast. It's gonna be your turn to serve. You're gonna go by lot. You get to be the person that goes in because I'm gonna initiate this saving of the world through John the Baptist is gonna come prepare people and then Jesus was gonna, this is the beginning of the story of Jesus and he's like, I have a plan here. This is a God who's revealing himself to Zechariah. He's a God who's revealing his plan. And he says to Zechariah, if you looked at that verse that uh, that the text that we just read. He says, when, he, when the angel showed up, verse 13, he said, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. I hear you. This is a revealing God who is showing up and being present in our lives and encountering us at our place of need and longing and prayers and hurting. This is a God who's gonna come and arrive for us, friends. It was intentional. He came to Zechariah. The Greek reveals this idea that he says, the, the Greek in, in that text says, he, God has heard the prayer. That prayer, that longing of your heart, God heard it. God hears you. God is there. In fact, friends, Zechariah's name means the Lord remembers. You are not forgotten. So here's a God who shows up to the guy named the Lord remembers and says, I hear you. I see you. I am coming to you. And by the way, he's coming to the whole world. Your prayer, it says your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth's gonna bear you a son and you're gonna call him John. You see what's happening here? He, God hears his prayer, Zachariah's prayer, to give his wife a baby, which was the longing of every woman in this culture. You couldn't not have a baby and be a member of I mean, you, know, you were disgraced. It was just this awful brokenness. He said, I hear your prayer, but look what God's actually doing. God's bringing a savior to the entire world. God is taking the needs of the world, his epic destiny, and the prayers of one brokenhearted couple, and he's bringing them together to accomplish both. 
Is that not a generous God? And so we go, well, my longings and my heart, God's doing, he's got bigger things. No, he does not. He will bring his epic destiny and your longings and dreams and brokenness, and he will bring them together to accomplish his will. That's how good and awesome and beautiful he is. That's sweet. God has chosen to make an appearance. And I gotta quit, but you gotta know this at the end of the story, right? If God's starting to make an appearance, then we get the privilege of shutting up for a while to watch what God does and let it unfold and see what it means. We get the privilege of shutting up long enough to reflect on what he's trying to say. And that's what happens in this text. You see, Zechariah, after that happens, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife's well along in years. Like, how is this going to happen? And the angel says to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. That's his answer to the question. The question was, how can this happen? He goes, I'm standing in the presence of God, and he told me to come tell you this. That's how it can happen. It's such a great response. How can this happen? He's like, he wants to know how this can happen, Gabriel says. God's like, tell him because I said so. Tell him I'm saying it. It's going to happen. And he goes, and now you're going to be silent until that day. You're not going to be able to speak until that day this happens because you didn't believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time. So Zechariah comes out of the temple. Everybody's waiting for his priestly blessing. He can't talk. And then the story goes on to say, you got to read the chapter yourself. It goes on to say that he was that way until the baby was ready to be born. God gave him the gift of shutting up for nine months to watch God be at work. Friends, this is an arriving God. This Advent season is a time for us to reflect. He is a showing up God. We have been given the gift of getting quiet during this season and saying, God, what is it gonna mean? Guys, come on up, band, and let's, let's worship as we close the morning. But this is too real, that God's showing up all around us. God is showing up for you. God shows up in his word. He shows up in somebody else's sharing. He shows up in the way that somebody else has shared, that they've been met by God. And you go, oh, then, then there's hope for me. God shows up in the inside of you. God shows up in circumstances. God is doing something. He's arriving in your life. It is our privilege now to be quiet and watch it unfold and ask God what it means for you. We freak out. How's it going to work? Where are we going? What am I supposed to do? That's kind of the sin of Zechariah. Okay, that's beautiful that you're showing up and you're, you're saying some stuff to me, but I cannot conceive of how that's going to happen. And God's like, well, why don't you take the privilege of being quiet and watch? I don't know that it was as much a punishment as it was a gift. And we've been given the gift of this story to apply it to our lives. God has chosen to make an appearance in your life right now. May this season be a season of getting quiet and figuring out what he's trying to say to you. And I know the challenge of saying that is pretty rough because this is not the season known for quietness and rest and stillness. It may very well, in fact, be the devil's ploy to get you to not be quiet and reflect on God's appearing in your life. By his grace, by your obedience, let's receive the gift and get quiet.
this season to figure out where God's showing up and what he's trying to say. That would be the greatest Christmas gift you could receive from the Lord in the next four weeks. Advent, the arriving, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus. May we encounter him as he comes and speaks and works.